Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. All right, David. Yes, Rob. We're back. We're back. This is episode three. We've we've accomplished a lot. Already. Already covered a lot of ground. If people are still sticking with us at this point, I feel like we've got a loyal audience that is just along for the rest of the ride. You know? That's really fun. Thank you for those who are listening. We are so grateful. And man, this is this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait for today's conversation. We're making our way through Thrive. Feel like I need to give the disclaimer that if you're jumping in and this is the first episode, someone listened to it and they were impacted by it and shared it with you. We are working through the acronym of Thrive. The previous episode was on trust. And we suggest you don't have to do it this way, but for context, maybe starting at the beginning would be helpful. They're quick episodes. We we want to be conscious of your time. 15 minutes or so. So well worth it. You can binge this just like your favorite Netflix episode on a long commute. And maybe that's a little too much content to absorb. I don't know if we would recommend it that way, but it would be very affirming. to us. It would. I think it'd be great. Honestly, if there was a way to do a poll and say who started listening and just couldn't stop and made it all the way to the end, man, we'll, we'll have to find a way to <laughs> create that feedback mechanism. But all right, we're here today to talk about H in the acronym, which is health. And we're going to talk about the way we work is killing us, which I thought was a great title. That really draws the listener in. David, we define health internally here, 1110 Leadership, as physical and emotional health of the leader and their employees. How t- Talk about how healthy leaders are these days. Just kind of paint us a picture of the overall health of, of leaders as you see it. Well, that's a good question. It's a big question. Certainly, there's a lot we could say about this topic. And for us, in our context, we are finding that health is a real challenge for the leaders that we are working with. And there's a lot of good information around this, but also talk about the way our culture works is challenging to our health. And the, the name of our podcast, in a lot of ways, is, is centered around this article that we found that is actually called The Way We Work is Killing Us by Bridget Schulte. And there's a quote from that that's really profound. She says, in the United States, workers work among the longest, most extreme, and most irregular hours. We have no guarantee to paid sick days, paid vacation, or paid family leave and pay more for health insurance, yet are sicker and more stressed out than workers in other advanced economies. Another resource showed us that Americans work 100 times more than British workers, 300 more 
hours than the French and 400 more hours a year than German workers. So we live in a context where we're just working a lot. And there's a lot of reasons for that, that drive us, but that has a significant impact on our health. And when you think about being physically and emotionally healthy and what does it look like to be a thriving leader, that is extraordinarily important. We cannot help our people thrive if we're not thriving. And at the end of the day, that means that we need to be physically and emotionally healthy. Yeah. When I hear you compare the American leader to other countries, that, that's the Olympics you don't want to win the gold medal in, right? You don't want to win that gold medal. <laughs> no, you 100% don't. But that's not know, winning. But, you know, I think part of, part of us, the reason why our health is that way is we do want to re- win that gold medal. A lot hmm. of us feel like we have a badge of working hard, that it's something that we feel like is something that builds up our identity and our value. And we actually like that we're people who just stick our nose to the grindstone and get work done. And, you know, even compared to other people, we, we look and see how hard they're working and we pat ourselves on the back about how we're, we're killing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the end of the day, we don't, take into consideration how that might be impacting ourselves individually, how might that impact the way we're engaging with our friends and our community. And then ultimately we get burned out and we don't know what hit us. So it's incredibly important that as leaders, we are extremely proactive to think about our health and put in boundaries around the way we work so that we can maintain that physical and emotional health. Can you talk more about how you come alongside leaders and help them establish those boundaries? Because, you know, when we do those assessments, we talk about how the health score is always the lowest score for leaders by far. Can you talk a little bit more about maybe some of those self-audit questions that you ask that kind of get to that result, help them to see how unhealthy their relationship with with work is, maybe how unsustainable that is, and then kind of what you do as far as recommendations? I know this is not prescriptive but just how you come alongside them and help them improve their health? Well, we ask questions like, are you exercising at least three times a week? Are you sleeping at least seven hours at night? When you go home at work, go home at night, do you think about work before you go to bed? How much do you work at night before you go to bed? Are you anxious, always thinking about work? Does work get in the way of your hobbies? Things like that. Those are the types of questions that we're asking on our assessments. And like you said, those scores aren't very, those scores are low. They come back and it's very convicting. I I find that a lot of people aren't asking them those questions. Like this is not the type of questions you would think of asking when you're helping someone grow in their leadership. It's quite surprising to have someone come in and say, hey, how are you resting? Hmm. You know, how are you feeling in terms of your ability to turn off work and turn off your mind? And that's probably the biggest challenge that leaders have is just developing the strategies to just completely check out and turn off their mind and being able to rest emotionally, knowing that everything is is okay for now. They can 
have a level of trust that they don't have to address a certain issue all the time. It doesn't mean that that doesn't go away, but a lot of this has to do with where we get our value from, where we get our identity, how we see ourselves as being indispensable. That's part of it too. In, in many ways, some of us have too high of a view of ourselves. We're also not trusting our team. We're not letting go of things that we need our team to do for us, and we're not trusting them to handle things. And then quite honestly, we don't know how to rest. We just don't know how. Some of us, and, and some of us are just wired to be active all the time. And, you know, you can rest and be active. There, it doesn't mean that you have to just lay on the couch, you know, <laughs> to rest or, or take a nap or just sit in silence and do nothing. Although that can be very helpful, even, mm. even for those who are very active. But a lot of us just haven't developed strategies to know how to do that. So how do we help them? Well, I mean, obviously with each person, we need to find the things that truly give someone rest and to begin to schedule that in their weekly routine and make sure that those are non-negotiable times and then schedule work around those times. And, and therefore you have to really value that and make sure that that's a priority. It's got to be on the top of your checklist of things that I'm going to do today. All the tasks that I have to do today to get the job done, one of the first tasks has to be, how am I resting today? How am I hmm. making sure I'm, I'm charged up? Because if we're not, we're just not going to be good. We're not going to be effective in our leadership, and we're not going to create strategies that are sustainable. Yeah, I like how you differentiate rest from simply stopping. It could, in, it could include doing nothing and kind of silence, solitude. You know, that word Sabbath literally means to cease, but it rest is so much more holistic and full of a term than, than simply not working. I love this Eugene Peterson quote where he says, if you don't take a Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much. You're being too much in charge. You've got to quit one day a week and just watch what God is doing when you're not doing anything. And I think that kind of speaks to the idea like it's hard. It represents our inability to let go and, and to let go of control. Right. So if, if we're not resting, we really have to ask ourselves the question, do we really trust God? If, if, we're, a, if we're a person of faith and believe that God is in control, he's always with us, never leaves us nor forsakes us, he's working through us, and that we're secure in him, then if we are continually trying to churn like a hamster in a wheel, hmm. both physically and you know, emotionally, then we just have, we really have to ask the question, do, do I fully trust God? I like that we left space for people to reflect there. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you took it there because this is a two-sided coin. It's physical health and emotional health. So let's talk about the emotional health side of this for a bit. That's getting a lot more and more playtime, airtime these days when it comes to things like emotional intelligence, EQ. How have you seen this play out in your own leadership journey, kind of the emotional health side beyond just physical rest, physical health? Yeah, I think I had to make that transition of truly trusting God. And I think I've talked about this in other 
places. I can't remember if we talked about this in a podcast episode yet, but my board, when I was working at Jobs for Life, told me I had to take a sabbatical, and I didn't realize how much I was I was running like a hamster in a wheel, but more than anything, I was holding on to things and being anxious about things. I couldn't sleep at night. I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep. And by the end of the week, I was just a zombie. And, uh, you know, I was just an emotional wreck. I mean, when you're you're not sleeping and you're holding on to things. They're very much related. These are not, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just, you look at me and I'm a very light complexion person. And my wife looked at me and said, your color's wrong. And, you know, I don't have much color. <laughs> and so when she says your color's turning wrong, green, what color, yeah, what color are we talking here? That, that's a real problem. Yeah. So I had to take a complete break. And it wasn't just physical, it was emotional. It was, I have to understand what it means to let it go, to completely let it go and find my security and other things and, and, and to get to a place where I can lead and work with freedom. And that's a big part of emotional health. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you you need the physical health and rest really to create the space. It doesn't necessarily translate to emotional health, but that's almost like the conditions for to become emotionally healthy. You cannot become emotionally healthy if you are not physically healthy because they're they're so related. I mean, we could go on forever. I think this is probably a, a whole nother episode that maybe we return to down the road around EQ because Man, we could. I'd love to do a deep dive on that because I mean, there's talking about breaking down the the four quadrants of, of emotional intelligence: self awareness, social awareness, self management, relational management. Talking about empathy. There's just there's a lot of different things that honestly all relate to the different categories of thrive. But I think are worth uh, us kind of committing our uh, an entire episode to. But for the sake of time, we're we're going to keep going. We'll we'll come back to that one. I'm sure it'll come up again. As we as we navigate through all of these all of these checkpoints here, so I can imagine at this point, David, a lot of our listeners who are leaders, you know, if they aren't careful, could fall into the trap of kind of simply making this another item on the, their to do list. Right, the framework doesn't change, so the way they hear it, there's like, okay, yeah, tell me how to rest, and I'll just check it off, make sure I'm doing it. But you're really talking about shifting their entire relationship to work, kind of a paradigm shift, if you will so much more than just a simple productivity hack, which makes this, I think, a lot more difficult to do. So my, I guess my question is, is what we're saying even possible? Like, can we, can, can people do this? Well, it's, yes, is to answer your question. It's a huge challenge because we have to, you know, recondition ourselves to a totally different mindset. And I would say what's helped me over the last few years is understanding this concept of what it means to work out of my rest rather than just rest from my work. And that's an understanding of how the gospel, those of us who follow Jesus, it invites us to just a deep, soul-satisfying rest, where we not only have that rest eternally so that we know our future is secure, but we can experience that today, that we can have deep rest today. And so people who work out of their rest Rather than just rest from their work, they're people who are content, they're free, they're, they can be calm, even when things are really tough and, you know, they have to cling to God's promises and, and just know that those promises are going to be true and that 
um, the security off he offers is is there for them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, our worst case scenario is living with eternal bliss in a new heavens and a new earth where everything works. That's our worst case scenario for those who truly believe in Jesus and what he offers. And so that should really animate the way we work and the way we think about rest. So we work out of the reality that we're okay, that our future is secure, and therefore we don't have to work ourselves to the bone, both physically and emotionally, only just to collapse at the end of the week. Mm. And then we just rest on the weekend and then just try to do it again the next week. Mm. Um, But no, we work out of our rest. The idea of Sabbath is this idea that it's the first thing. Rest is first, not last. And so when we know we are secure and content and free, we can then approach work from a totally different perspective, knowing that our future is secure and that we can truly place all of our trust in God. Yeah, and I love I love what that sets up. And again, this will be as as our listeners go along this journey as we work through Thrive and and set up kind of the future of you know what makes this podcast distinct is this three three legged stool of faith, leadership, and culture. And you know, I love how when we do our our just leadership groups, when we're doing a deep dive on the very front end, we start with rest, and we're saying, hey, you can't really engage issues of culture, you know. And, and really be a restorative presence in your community as a business leader or any type of leader if you're not resting because you're not going to have the margin requi- required to kind of move into your community to weave health and wholeness you know, from an empty cup, right? You've, you've got to be full there, which means you've got to have rest as a rhythm. Otherwise, you're, you're going to burn out and you're not going to be good to anybody, not just the people within your company, but even just sustainability for what does it look like to kind of help make your community whole. That's not going to happen either. And so those, those two things are really, really deeply connected. And I think we'll, we'll return to that in future episodes for sure. Okay. So David, what is the, give us the bottom line on rest. If you had to leave it, leave our listeners with a takeaway, something sticky for their week to be able to just have in the back of their, their head to think about and dwell on, what do you got for them? Well, it's really important for us to know this is a good bottom line. I think the creator of the universe he rested. He rested at the end of creation, the six days. And it's a gift, Sabbath. The idea of Sabbath is a gift. And a lot of us, including me, think it's an obligation, just something that makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. But actually, it's a gift. And so, and it's meant to be a weekly gift. So I would encourage us all to consider what does Sabbath look like as a weekly rhythm? And that can look like a lot of different ways, depending on your circumstances, your season of life, where you are, what gives you rest. But it's extremely important, again, that we build this into our weekly rhythm, just like we want to build into each day a, a level of rest, and then we do our work schedule around that. But in our weekly rhythm, this is a gift that God gives us to remind us that we are content, we are free, He is in control, and we can drink from that well of soul-satisfying rest that only He can offer. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. What What does that look like to begin to work out of my rest rather than rest from my work? That's that's. I love the the way that just flips the paradigm on its head, and I think that's something that a listener could just have in the back of their head and ask themselves as they go into their work week. So, all right, David, until next time, 
Thank you, Rob. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, then spelled out T-E-N leadership.com. That's 11-T-E-N leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.